this is the Grain Farmers of Ontario Market Trends Commentary for September and October of 2021. We are here. It is early, but crops are being harvested across the great North American Corn Belt. Weather is always a determinant of crop development, and as harvest ramps up, we'll surely get a picture of crop yields unvarnished from the hype as combines roll. Generally speaking, the eastern Corn Belt has been very good weather for crop development, while the northwestern part of the western Corn Belt, not so much. However, as it is heading into October, the crop looks to be a good one. Prices have retreated into September on this reality. On September 10th, the USDA released their latest WASNI report, and the U.S. raised their domestic corn yield estimate to 176.3 bushels per acre, which is just below the 2017 record corn yield of 176.6 bushels per acre. At the same time, the USDA raised planted corn acres by 600,000 to 93.3 million acres. This had the effect of increasing estimated harvested acreage to 85.1 million acres. Total U.S. corn production is now expected to come in at 14.99 billion bushels, which is up 246 million bushels from the August report. USDA pegged new crop ending stocks at 1.408 billion bushels after raising exports in feed and residual usage. The old crop ending stocks were raised 70 million bushels at 1.187 billion bushels. On the soybean side of the ledger, the USDA surprised the market by reducing soybean planted acreage to 87.2 million acres from the 87.6 recorded in August. However, USDA increased the yield estimate to 50.6 bushels per acre. This puts U.S. soybean production at 4.374 billion bushels this year. On the demand side of the ledger, the USDA reduced crush slightly but boosted exports, which resulted in a 10 million bushel higher total use. New crop ending stocks were increased to 185 million bushels, and the USDA kept Brazil and Argentina production at 137 million metric tons and 46 million metric metric tons respectively. USDA kept wheat production unchanged with planted acres pegged at 46.7 million acres. Globally, world wheat production was up overall with boosts in production from Australia, the EU, but lower production in Canada and and even production in Russia. On September 11th, corn, soybeans, and wheat futures were lower than the last market trends report. December 2021, corn futures were at 517 a bushel. The November 2021, soybean futures were at 1286 a bushel. The December 2021, Chicago wheat futures closed at 688 a bushel. And the Minneapolis December 2021, wheat futures closed at 884 a bushel, with the September 2022 contract closing at 769 a bushel. The nearby oil futures as of September 11th closed at $69.72 a barrel, up from the nearby futures recorded in the last market trends report of $68.44 a barrel. The average price for U.S. ethanol on September 11th in the U.S. was $2.44 a U.S. gallon, up from the $2.31 recorded in the last market trends report. And the Canadian dollar noon rate on September 11th was 0.7917 U.S., lower than the 0.7991 U.S. reported here in the last Market Trends report. And the Bank of Canada's lending rate remains at 0.25%. Soybean harvest has commenced in some areas of southwestern Ontario as hot weather in August accelerated development. Soybean harvest will be earlier than usual this year, but does not mimic years when drought has done that. This year, crops are good in Ontario, and although soybean yields might be more variable, having been affected by heavy rains in some areas, Ontario corn crop may set records. Basis levels for old crop and new crop have come together over the last few days and weeks. There is always flux at this time of year in the cash market as old crop supplies reflect last year, but new crop supplies suddenly appear on the horizon. 
Problems with damaged infrastructure in the U.S. Gulf help Ontario basis levels briefly, but we can expect pressure on basis over the last over the next few weeks. There is a good crop here as well as the eastern corn belt of the United States. The Canadian dollar has been helping down from its highs in June of 83 cents U.S., now fluttering in at around the 79 cent level. Keep in mind, basis is a value which determines when grain is bought and sold. It is mostly a, a reflection of local supply and demand, although the corn basis in Ontario often reflects its oligopolistic market structure. Getting cash market information on Ontario grain is important. Keep abreast of U.S. basis values in Michigan and New York. All of this matters within our proverbial market challenge to balance futures prices with cash basis fluctuations. And you can get all our Ontario uh, grain prices by visiting the marketing section of our website. Now the bottom line is futures prices have declined and to some extent we're peering into a new marketing environment from the last eight months. Prices are much higher than they were a year ago and surely many Ontario farmers have had marketing orders hit. As we look ahead we'll see where harvest lows might take us or realize that maybe as of September 11th they are closer already in. The new environment will focus on crop size going to the elevator this fall, South American planting prospects and the strength of Chinese demand going forward. The September USDA report was a reminder that even after a fairly steep price drop in the futures market, grain fundamentals still matter. The corn planted acreage number was not changed as much as expected and the soybean acreage number was cut from an already too low number. Prices were up on the day, partly a reflection of the USDA report and partly a reflection of algorithm triggers. Grain fundamentals are one thing, but non-commercial demand is another, something that can add so much effervescence and volatility to any market. Corn futures prices have fallen, and much of that aside from fundamentals has to do with non-commercials liquidating their long positions. Much will depend on on going forward what this group will do. December corn dropped to 497 on the Friday of the USDA report only to finish 20 cents higher at $5.17. Non-commercials when they see a buying opportunity waste no time getting back in. There are many other geopolitical issues which are always wild cards. The damage from Hurricane Ida was more of a red herring as damage to U.S. Gulf export facilities has been rare in past Hurricane Pass. One issue which is always there is the value of the U.S. dollar, which as of September 11 sits at 92.590 on the U.S. dollar index, much higher than May and June when grain prices peaked. It's still key. Any movement lower will help sustain grain futures prices. Now for corn, corn futures have fallen significantly from their highs in June, but will it continue? Are the buyers more nervous than the sellers? Will farmers get their crop harvested? And with last year's corn price behavior in their memory, do they lock the bin door? Corn fundamentals are still long-term bullish, and this price drop could spur prices even at a time when the short-term trend is down. Keep in mind, this corn crop is a big one, the second largest ever, with yield being second largest to hair below 2017 levels. The USDA left Chinese corn imports at 26 million metric tons, but at the same time increased China's corn production by 5 million metric tons and Chinese feed use by 3 million metric tons. At the same time, export terminals have been slowed down by the hurricane but are set to be back on stream soon. This is greatly needed, especially in a year when the corn crop is huge. The December corn futures contract is currently priced 9.25 cents below the March contract, which is bearish. Seasonally, corn prices tend to top early in June and reach bottom in early October, and the December contract is currently priced in the 49th percentile of the past five-year price distribution range. 
Now, for soybeans, the slowdown at the American Gulf has impacted soybean shipments, but that is set to ramp up big time once everything is fixed. As it is, even though the USDA increased soybean production slightly, soybean fundamentals are still tighter than we've become accustomed to. Key to soybean fundamentals going forward will be what happens in South America. For instance, soybean planting is commencing in Brazil and will be ramping up in October. The world has become accustomed to consistently bigger Brazil soybean crops, and this will be dialed in again. As is, weather forecasts in South America will be key going forward to help determine the South American crop size as well as soybean futures volatility. November soybean futures are priced at 12.75 cents below the March contract, which is considered bearish. Seasonally, soybeans tend to top in early July and bottom out in early October. And the November soybean futures contract is currently in the 50 cents percentile of the past five years price distribution range. Now for wheat, the wheat market has sold off through August and September, but may find its footing as we head into October. It is true, the global wheat stocks are always onerous, but China, Chinese, and India hold so much of the global stocks and keep them close to the best. In the preceding four days to this market trends report being published, wheat futures have fallen 60 cents. However, U.S. wheat stocks are the lowest in eight years, and the wheat market will continue to gyrate, reflecting its complicated relationship with wheat classes and stocks. Keep in mind, each class of wheat has its own supply and demand fundamentals. In Ontario, new crop wheat prices are flooding near the $8 level, very good prices historically, and like every year, the challenge for farmers will be late summer and fall weather to get the crop planted. With fall harvest being ahead of normal, this should bode well for a million acres of wheat this fall. Arresting the slide in grain futures prices over late August and early September has been the value of the Canadian dollar, which is hovering near 79 cent U.S. On June 2nd, the loonie reached 83 cents U.S., and if that had been maintained, Ontario cash prices would be much lower now. However, per usual, it depends on the value of the U.S. dollar, which was at a four-month low last June 1st as the Canadian dollar peaked. And for Ontario soybeans and wheat, this is incredibly salient, not so much for Ontario corn, although it still matters. It's one reason Ontario farmers have bought into flat prices. Hitting the foreign exchange right and the futures prices right is always our marketing challenge. And as we head into harvest, we all want Chinese demand for grain to come back like we saw a year ago, and there are surely those out there who might say it's going to happen. However, the view from Asia might be different. China is still buying a lot of soybeans, but crush margins have been soft, partly due to lower demand and higher prices. Keep in mind, Chinese crushers produce their oil and meal for their massive livestock sector, which continues to have its issues. As it is, the Chinese will need to maintain their demand to satisfy food requirements, but don't be surprised if there is a wrinkle in this equation. The different view from Asia will surely involve price and might not meet our expectations. There are other pressures which concern harvest in North America, one being weather. At the present time, weather conditions look good for a rapid harvest, which should pressure cash basis in many parts of the Corn Belt, including Ontario and Quebec. It is one thing to grow the crop, another to get it in the bin, and we all know how challenging that can be. In the eastern part of the Corn Belt, corn, soybeans, and wheat interchange across our borders. And with the preponderance of supply this year in the eastern zone, a robust Canadian export program into Europe will be essential right up into September of 2022. The COVID issues are still with us, both here in Canada and in far-off lands where some of our crops go. This will continue to challenge as its effect on our supply chain is impacting our markets always. Getting past it is paramount, but even 18 months into the pandemic, that seems elusive. 
It will continue to affect markets in a micro way all the way from Indonesia to Thailand and Singapore to the United States and China. The challenge for Ontario farmers is to manage their marketing risks accordingly. Even in a good price environment, there isn't an easy path ahead. Standing price orders can help. Daily market intelligence will remain key, and there will be many marketing opportunities ahead. This has been the Grain Farmers of Ontario Market Trends Commentary for September and October of 2021. I'm Philip Shaw.